0: Welcome back to the Weighing In In Podcast, presented by Track Wrestling. I'm your host, Alex Steen. On the phone, as always, David Mirakitani. Special milestone episode today. David, you have now inflicted 100 of these on the general public. What do you have to say for yourself?
1: Um, Yeah, it's been really fun. You know, for real, like just uh, getting to work with guys like you and Andy, I'd, I'd certainly be remiss. If, uh I didn't take a minute and thank Andy, He's uh, he's got a mentor to me in this. And, you know, when I started doing uh, that chat, he was a guy I spoke to a lot. And he was always a guy I could call on. He was a guy that always helped me with the rankings. He was a guy that was uh, just, just a good person. And there's not a lot of people like that. And there's... There's a lot of cooperation and a lot of respect between him and I and, and you as well. Um, but I, he just he's a person that's, that's really helped me a lot and the guy that I look up to and respect. And, you know, you guys are two of the best in the business in terms of journalism as your awards point out. So it's, it's uh, been fun to just kind of ride your guys' coattails and try to have a, a decent insight or two along the way. So hopefully in a 100 of those, I've had one or two semi-smart things to say.
0: Well, you've been the glue that held it together. Obviously, I'm a Johnny-come-lately. You know, I listened to a lot of the ones that you and Andy did before I came on board. It was always a good listen, so glad to make it to 100, and hopefully we can continue and make it another 100 or so and just keep right on going.
1: It's it's fun. You know, when I was – you guys are two guys that I call my friends now that I really met as a result of of doing this. I used to read your stuff and read Andy's stuff and the uh it's a compatriot or to be, you know, sort of equal to you guys, at least in this one channel. It's, it's cool on my part. So uh, it's been fun. And a lot of the guys that I either coached or coached with uh, have been kind and of, kind of reached out and said, Hey, we heard you're coming up on 100. Uh,
0: first up today, yeah. want to, you know, we talked about this a few times when it happened and we've been following his recovery efforts. Uh, Richard Perry is back in Philadelphia Saw a great picture of him tweeted out of him, you know, upright and smiling um, as he begins his therapy. It's just, it's wonderful to see um, when it happened. We didn't really know how bad it was going to be. And I know he's still got a long road to recovery, but it was just, it looked like so much better than what it could have been. So really happy to see that. Um, David, your take on all that. I, mean, I, I don't
1: I just completely agree, right? Uh, the guys I talked to originally thought it was going to be a lot longer than this. I think that's really a testament to, you know, the power of prayer. You certainly don't want to, you know, certainly is is just spite and strength. And My brother had a car accident where or he almost passed away, and I think I probably truly Started believing in the power of prayer. You know, people like I wish I could do more than pray. Once I saw that happen, and just, you know, watching guys like Richard Perry, watching guys like my brother, just literally fight, fight for their lives, literally fight for their lives, is inspirational. And uh, we've we have talked about this, but watching how the uh, community, the wrestling community, uh, supported them so quickly and not such a word for their financial compensation and, and donation and things like that. It's, it's, you know, obviously
0: he's got a long way to
1: go, but the, the first step is preventing.
0: Definitely agree. And I mean, uh, he can still use your support. It's like, like I said, it's going to be a long road to full recovery, but um, great news on that front. And, you know, it's, it's great to get back home. I know a lot of people that have, you know, being in the military, you find out, you know, you find yourself in some weird situations sometimes. So I've got some experience with, you know, people being away from home trying to fight that kind of battle. And it, it's always better when they can get back home around the people they know and be close to, you know, everything they know. So that's great for him. And we'll keep keep him in our thoughts and keep hoping that things go well there. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, one other piece of news before we get into the weight classes this week. Uh, Brevin Balmaceda committed to Oklahoma State. It looked like his last two were Oklahoma State and Iowa, and he has chosen to be a cowboy. Uh, Big get, one of the top-ranked 160-pounders in the country. Um, Great, great Uh, land for John Smith.
1: Yeah, that's a a lead weight for them. So, uh, you know, that's that's a big get for them, and it's also a addition by subtracting. Obviously, they believe in him. So, Them not being at Iowa, uh, you know, we recruited a lot of guys like that. It's like, hey, we got a seat to win it. That's 20 plus points for us, that's 20 plus points the other school didn't get. So, you know, and and Oklahoma State, they're very good, but they're, you know, they have some some weights graduating, so that's
0: really, you know, they need help. That's really good as well, certainly. I mean, right in that middle of that order, um, that's going to be a good get. And it just, it's one of those things. I think every time a big recruit goes elsewhere or like as Kirk fleet, you know, decommitted from Oklahoma state, you kind of wonder, okay, is this where Oklahoma state starts to fall off? And it seems like without fail, they, they find a way to stay in the mix, to stay right up there at the top. And, you know, John Smith keeps commencing these kids to come out to Stillwater and wrestle outside the big 10, which is a big deal in this current environment.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it because I've been friends with those people for a while, so I don't really think of it that way. But you're right. This is, that's a very interesting perspective. And, you know, everybody's sort of super pro Penn State and Ohio State right now and for great reason. And so I think that's a uh, that's an interesting and, and well-thought-out angle on that. And, yeah, I mean, recruiting cannot be – you cannot underestimate the importance of recruiting. It is
0: really, really hard to, to win without it going. Certainly. I mean, I think that's in every sport. and wrestling, of course, with 9.9, you, you know, it's even more magnified. But you've got to recruit well to win. And, you know, there was a time in not, not too distant past. The Big 12 was right up there with the Big 10, um, especially when you go program for program. Um, obviously Oklahoma State and Iowa State and OU all working to get back to that. Oklahoma State's right there where they need to be. You just need some more programs in the Big 12 to get there. Um, but bump said it to Oklahoma State and uh, we'll keep seeing guys commit as the as the weeks go along, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. This is that time of the year where a lot of those guys are trying to get signed early and, it's, and then they can kind of go about their business and
0: concentrate on trying to be right uh, you know we've got big high school events even starting this weekend so it's getting to that time of year if you're going to make a decision for the year it's going to happen very soon uh, moving to 149 pounds this week if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks we've been going through the rankings at each of the weight classes uh, we're going to kick things up a notch a little bit this week and go through 149 157 and 165 as the season starts to get closer uh, breakdown The top 20 look at who each of us think is going to finish in the top four and look at a couple of wild cards who are currently ranked outside the top eight that we think can get on the podium. Um, 149 pounds. Interesting weight. Uh, Obviously, last few years, you pretty much pencil in Zane Rutherford for the title and figure out who's second. He's gone. Uh, Matt Kolodzik will begin the year number one, followed by Micah Jordan, Anthony Ashnault, Grant Leaf, Udu Wallen, Max Thompson, Justin Oliver, Jarrett Deegan, Pat Lugo, and Brock Zackrell to round out the top ten. Uh, David, what jumps out for, to you at 149?
1: Well, you helped me with these this weekend, and, and this was a way that I, we agree that Kolodzik should be one, but Micah Jordan coming down a weight certainly has an argument. Anthony Ashnall, three-time All-American, you know, we chose or I chose to rank him above Leaf and Boo and Thompson and Oliver, who have all been All-Americans either in 2018, 2017, or 2016. This is a late, I don't know how deep you can go down and go, this guy could be an All-American. I think we'll probably, like, I I think there's guys in the top 15 that could be All-Americans, but. It doesn't, it feels like this is a weight where it's very, very possible you'll see multiple guys rank number one during the year. So there's it, just it's not as much clarity as some of the other ones, like with a Nolf coming back or, you know, like a Spencer Lee coming back or even like a Seth Gross coming back that we've talked about so far, even Yanni. You know, so far the three weights we've discussed, the champions are back and, you know, and they were pretty convincing. Obviously, Spencer crushed it. Close, that close, had one close match with Wilson, and, and Yanni won the Nationals on one leg. So, you know, this one feels like, well, a bunch of these guys could get hot and make the
0: finals, and it wouldn't be that shocking. How do you see it? I completely agree with that, and it's a good take, because this is, you know, even with Rutherford graduating, obviously you're going to lose your dominant force, but there's no, there was no heir apparent. I mean, Richard Perry was in the finals last year. He was the senior, and he was the 15 seed. So there's nobody... You know, that's been waiting in the wings, just kind of waiting for Rutherford to graduate. You know, Brandon Sorensen was that guy, but he was the same year. He was a senior, so he's gone. Um, just kind of lost all of the guys that you expected to be title contenders and finalist-type contenders. So now we've got kind of a, a jump ball for, uh, you know, anybody could take it. Klozik's obviously a solid guy, you know, two-time All-American, had kind of a rough regular season last year and then picked it up at the national tournament. You know, Jordan's obviously been up at 157. He's really good. Ashnault, you know, trying to become Rutgers' first individual national champion. He's just glad to have a sixth year, but we really don't know where he's at. You know, all these guys have positives, but there's not a guy that just jumps out and you're like, that guy's going to take control of the weight. So that'll be fun. I think your point about having multiple number ones throughout the year, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I haven't broken down the schedules yet, but you could see just about anybody in the top seven for certain taking over number one. And then as you look down through there, you know, you got guys like Pat Lugo who's had some big wins in the past and you got Ryan Bleas and Josh Maruka down at 15 and 16 and both those guys They've been excellent at times over the past few years. And then, you know, Tommy Thorne's up at this weight. It's just – it's an interesting mix. And if anybody comes in and performs well over what we expect, they could be right there all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, one quick thing, and because we just spoke about him, it makes sense, but you were said Richard Perry, not Ronnie Perry. Ronnie <laughs> <So, laughs> Perry, yes. Right. Yeah. I should get the
0: with names right.
1: There you go. Yeah, Maluka was a guy that stuck out to me, and he was a little difficult to rank, right? Because he lost the t shirts, and I actually was able to call and find out, you know, shockingly that those wrestle offs turned out to be overtime matches, you know. But yeah, I mean, those guys, you know, he's a guy. I mean, Tommy Thorne, we have a 21 and he's placed before. You know, a guy like Austin O'Connor, uh, we have a 23. And then there's guys that are off the board right now, which. We struggled with a little bit, or maybe I did, like a Brady Berge, a Josh Heil, who actually beat Max Thompson last year, Tanner Smith who transferred to chat from Eastern Michigan was 19-0 as a true freshman. I mean, I think this way they have as much turmoil, as much uh, as much radical change. You know, you could see a guy like literally like a Zachary who's had a great regular season the last couple of years you know, he could just kind of creep his way up because all these other guys just keep beating each other out. You know, Maruka, Arizona State, Russell's a really good schedule. If he can get hot early, uh, that'd be something that he could really turn into something that would, you know, get himself ranked high, and then he's got that Pac-12 schedule the second half of the year, and, you know, he could turn that into a really high-seeded and good draw at national.
0: Yeah, this definitely has the feeling of a weight. I mean, you know, you had a guy like Troy Heilman last year that kind of came out of nowhere to be an All-American. This is the kind of field that, that it could happen again. Uh, we could see it, it could be one of those young guys. It could be somebody like Josh Heil or Matt Zavostoski that's been around a little while. You know, when you have this, it's not a lack of depth because there's a lot of quality wrestlers here, but there's no dominant force you know there's no you know 165 was a good example last year when we were kind of going into the year and there was you know top three or four that you looked at you just had a hard time seeing anybody cracking that um, unless somebody got hurt and then that you don't have that here you know pretty much any of the top guys you could see them getting upset at some point Um, so that could happen again here and you know we went through some of those names you've got just a lot of guys that have a chance if they're improved a little bit, if they get hot, if they get some confidence, could do some real damage. Um, you're picking first here. Uh, why don't you go through your top? <laughs> this is this is, the,
1: this is the worst way to have to. Pick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got mine written down, so even if even if you pick exactly what I did, which I don't think you will this time, uh I I've got mine. You know, they're written in stone. So,
1: all right, so. Okay. I think it's easier for me to kind of go, who do I think will All-American that's off the board? So um, one of my friends told me last week it was great radio that I was typing instead of writing this, so I'm going to go ahead and write these instead. <laughs> um, so thank you, sir, for that. Um, so my wild cards are going to be Lugo and Maruko. And then... I am going to pick Ashnault to win it. I am going to pick Micah second. I'm going to pick Lee third, and I'm going to pick Kalazic fourth.
0: Okay, well, there's there's some variation here. Um, our top four is the same. The order's not quite the same. Um, I do think Ashnault's going to win it, and I think, and that's going to be a great story because he'll be Rutgers' first national champion ever um, in wrestling. Suriano was their first national finalist ever last year. And I mean, I guess because of order of matches, we could see Suriano steal Ashnault's Thunder. Uh, Neither one of us picked that, but that's possible. I have him against Leith in the finals. I really liked what I saw out of Leith last year, and you got to remember that was his first continuous season being healthy on the wrestling mat in some time. So I really expect him to continue to progress and get even better. Um, I like Micah Jordan to take third and Closet to take fourth. So we're fairly close on those. Um, I do have two different wild cards. I really like Tommy Thorne being up a weight. Obviously, past All-American. Last year didn't really go the way he wanted it to, but um, getting to cut a little less weight. And, you know, he's in that Minnesota room where there's a lot of guys around that way. He's going to be probably pushed for his lineup spot a little bit. Um, I think that's going to do good things for him, and I expect him to be right in there. Lugo's a great pick, um, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper and uh, go with Ryan Blee's at Virginia Tech. He wrestled really well last year at times, and, you know, that was kind of kind of similar to Leith, obviously not because of health issues, but it was his first time really being the guy and even then, he wasn't necessarily the guy because maybe Solomon Chishko was going to come back. Maybe they were going to do some different things. So, I think finally getting his chance to be the man at 149 for Virginia Tech, he's got a chance to sneak onto that podium and end his career in style. So, those are my two picks: Tommy Thorn and Ryan Bleed.
1: All right. Well, it makes sense at a weight where there's so much, so many different ways to go that we would, you know, we would differ. So. Uh, but it is interesting. We had the top four. I, I was, I kind of guessed you would go with uh, Lugo. So I'm surprised, but it's good. I mean, it's, we got to have some differences somewhere, so that'll be fun. So let's take a look at
0: 157. All right, 157. You know, I talked about penciling in Rutherford. Uh, it's easy to pencil in the top man, Jason Nolf, Penn State coming back after two titles for one more go round. Uh, number two, Hayden Hidley, NC State. Tyler, followed by Tyler Berger, Alec Pantaleo, Josh Shield, Ryan Deacon, Keyshawn Hayes, Kennedy Monday, John Van Brill, and Paul Fox to round out the top ten. Now, we should note um, it looks like Micah Jordan and Keyshawn Hayes are going to wrestle off for 49, so that could flip still. Um, but in general, it looks like it's going to be Jordan, then Hayes, so we're going to go with that for the time being. Um, I, the- I think we should probably
1: say to the people listening that for example, if we have picks at the wrong weight or Soriano at the wrong weight, then we we know that we're going to amend our pick. because otherwise it's just it's it's, pretty, it's not even fun. <laughs> sure. So, sure. I mean, same thing here with Micah. So.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you make picks in October, stuff's gonna happen. So just go with the yeah. best we can right now. But uh, what sticks out to you at 157?
1: Well, it feels like. I mean, you only, it's a way with only five All-Americans, and that's thats pretty unusual uh, when you look at the other ways, how many returning All-Americans are been? so there's going to be three new guys to make the podium, and I think that's interesting. Kennedy Monday, I don't, you and I never talked about this, but to me, he was the hardest guy to rank all year, like, he would lose to somebody who wasn't in the top 40, and then, go smash Tyler Berger in Nebraska and stuff like that. So uh, if he can get some consistency, I think he's a guy that could, you know, really have a nice run. And he had success at the Nationals, you know, was around a 12 guy. So even though he didn't play, I mean, he had a really good tournament for his first year. So it feels like he's a guy that is interesting. Uh, and then, you know, Caleb Young going down is interesting to me. Shomer's transferring over is interesting to me. And, you know, Paul Fox is a guy, I guess he is an All-American, so there's six, but he's a guy that, you know, hasn't done it in a couple of years. So it feels like, to me, the first five guys feel like they're going to be there in some order. And it's kind of a, a scrap for six, seven, eight. unless Micah was up here. That's kind of the only guy that I would see that would, would break into that, at least on paper at the beginning of the year what do you think
0: yeah I mean it's interesting because I think um Keyshawn Hayes has the capability to be as good as Micah Jordan but he just hasn't done it we I guess we just haven't seen it out of him so we can, can I get the point about them switching and Micah being immediately penciled into that top you know four or five whereas Keyshawn isn't um you know last year when I was I was doing the rankings 157. I forget if it was the top seven or top eight that was, you know, pretty clear most of the year. And then everything after that was a disaster. And just everybody beat everybody. They lost to people they shouldn't, and it was impossible to rank. Every week you have a win that made no sense. Um, you know, and Monday was the poster child for that. I'm a little surprised to see him back at 57 because he's got that – long lean frame and he keeps getting bigger i I was kind of expecting him to move up again to 165 or 174 because he's got the frame to do it but you know he's certainly capable um and that's that's i think the story on a lot of these guys you know larry early and steve fleas and talib rahmani and all these guys you know you mentioned caleb young you've got griffin perry hanging out down there all these guys they're all capable of doing big things but no one was consistent last year in that group. So somebody needs to show that they can win those tough matches on a consistent basis. Otherwise we're going to go into nationals and we're going to have those six, seven, and eight places just wide open. And it's going to be a free for all, which fun for us probably limits the coaches lives a little bit, takes a a year or two off of them. Um, But you know, We'll see how it goes. I expect at least a couple of those guys to be a little more consistent this year because it would hard be very hard to be less consistent.
1: (laughs) That's such a great way to say it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's there's somebody's going to have to get those last couple medals. I mean, Ryan Deacon's an interesting guy. He wrestled Sorensen really close at forty nine. You know, it was around a 12 guy there. So he feels like a guy. I mean, he's ranked too high to be one of our wild cards, but, I, you know, he feels like a guy that, if you had to guess, would probably place. So this this way, I think the other thing is, I don't think, I can only speak for me and the guys I spoke to. I don't think enough of us gave Hayden Hyde the, the credit that he deserved last year. I mean, he just ran through his season undefeated. And yeah, Nolp, you know, did a nice job with him in the finals and it really wasn't that close, but highly wrestled awfully well. And, uh, you know, has to have confidence now that even if he he was wondering if it was a fluke, he knows now it wasn't. When you make it to the finals, that that can't be. So I think he's clearly established himself as the number two guy.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, going back to your point on Deacon, definitely he had a good first year and, I know the Northwestern guys will talk about he's really not pulling that much weight, but he looks enormous. So I would look for him to be plenty big for 157 and maybe cutting a little less weight might help a little bit there too. Um, he's definitely a contender there. And yeah, uh, Hayden, you know, anytime you go undefeated as a freshman into the national finals, you should get all the credit in the world. And when you're talking about, oh, you lost to Jason Dolph, one of you know, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats in college wrestling. You know, I mean, one loss in the, I mean, one loss in the national tournament so far, and that was to Imar and a guy he, right. That year also. So, you know, he's, it's always interesting when you have an all-timer in your weight to look at who would have had an all-time career when they get beat, you know, the all-time example is Alan Freed and and the Brands brothers, you know, if it wasn't for the Brands, Freed would have been probably a four-time champion. So it's. You know he. You're right. He doesn't get enough credit. Um, He didn't always wrestle the most exciting style last year, but he was so good at staying in position, scoring off mistakes. And you know he really didn't have that many matches where he was that close. Um, It's just that you know when you have a guy like Nolf, and you have this era we're in now, where a lot of guys are scoring bonus points, people get used to that. but, you know, Kyle Dake didn't score that many bonus points early in his career either. And if Hidley goes on to have that sort of career, um, I think everybody will be singing his praises. Now, can he close the gap on Nolf? I don't know. But he's definitely number two, like you said. And that's that's without question at this point.
1: Well, I think the other thing that's interesting about him is as a coach, you know, one of the things you want your guys to have is consistency. And he was remarkably consistent. Which is pretty unique for a freshman. You know, most of the time, I, mean, I coach junior college; they're all freshmen or sophomores, and you just kind of know, hey, from match to match, they're they're just not they're not going to be consistent always, and you just have to live with that. And and you're right; he didn't really put himself in a lot of tough matches, like or in a lot of matches, tough situations rather. So, I mean, his and he's really poised. And I I mean, I watched him wrestle a lot in the summer, and you know, he made the under-23 team. But he was, you know, he's trying to make every team he could. I think he's a guy. He may not catch Nolf, but he may widen the gap between him and everybody else behind him.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And of course, you know, Nolf is a senior, so point towards next year. I'm sure he's not thinking that way, but. Uh, we'll get to see him at under 23 Worlds and then on throughout the fall. So that'll be fun to watch him develop further.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's just, he's just a guy that, you know, I wanted to make sure we just gave him a shout-out for no other reason than I think his style. Like you said, there's so many guys scoring bonus points. And like you said, like the next Knolf and Vincenzo, two guys at this point that are on the path to all-time greatness. And it really makes sense to give those guys – credit just because it's, it's so crazy you know it's so crazy how, how good they've been so far
0: yeah I'm glad you said that because yeah it's, it, he needs more credit for what he did last year there's no obviously we we all you know understand there's no shame in losing to Nolf, Uh but you know we should call out it was a great season and I'm sure he'll have a good one this year um, moving into the picks I go first this time. I'm sure everyone will be stunned to find that I'm going to pick Jason Dolph to win. Um, I have Hidley in the finals again with him. Uh, I think Alec Pantaleo is going to get third, and I have Josh Shields of Arizona State finishing fourth. Uh, Shields had a really good year last year and kind of didn't have the national tournament he wanted to have. I think he's going to figure it out this year, um, be at least fourth. I, I look for big things out of him. Uh, wild cards you know you mentioned caleb young and that's i'm definitely on him to all american it's always interesting when a guy that's wrestled higher weights his entire college career goes down i mean he's wrestled 65 mostly tried 74 last year because that was a spot that you know Iowa needed some help at uh, and now he's down at 157 if that's he's always been solid if that's his optimal weight, or even if he can just get there and be okay, he's got all the ability to be right there, be an All-American. And, you know, he could climb up there. We don't really know what Caleb Young in the lineup full-time wrestling and getting reps looks like, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, My other guy, I guess I'm a Big Ten fan at this weight because Steve Blee's from Minnesota. He's been in the national tournament three times. He's been, you know, as far as the round of twelve. Had a couple of great matches last year that he lost, I and mean, he was 2-2, two two, but his two losses were battles. Now he's a senior, moving up to 57. I think he can do it. I think he's going to sneak in there in um, his career as an All-American.
1: It's super interesting. Uh, first of all, when we get to the over-unders, I think you're going to have Minnesota with a lot more points. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if you had McKee, but you got Thorne and you got Lee, so. I think uh and we're gonna we're gonna have to get a hold of Andy whether it's Hidley or Hidley and Blee's or Blyth. We're gonna have to get all these guys right before the first of the year. So I've got Nolph and Heidley in the finals, I've got uh I've got Pantaleo third as well, I got Berger fourth, and then I had I have Caleb Young as well, and then my other guy is Paul Fox just because he's done it before. And you know, when you're rounded twelve, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, sometimes those seniors, you know, they if they can't place or they, you know, they can't win it, they don't wrestle as hard in the back. But I think he's a guy that has, has done well at the tournament, and he's just consistently competed well. I feel like he'll be a guy that's able to do that again. So, um, so we got those for 57, and it looks like he um 65 is going to be interesting. There's a lot of change
0: here, right? There is. Um, it, you know, this was a lot easier when I was just writing guys' names. No one ever asked me how to pronounce them. It was so much easier. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to radio, Bob. I know. Is really exposing that most of the time I only read these guys' names, and I don't hear them pronounced but once or twice a year. But uh, we'll have to ask somebody. I'm sure between Andy or somebody else they'll let us know exactly. How to pronounce it. get a home with Jason Bryant. I'm he has to sure. pronounce everyone's name. Absolutely. No. So, um, 165, the defending champion, Vincenzo Joseph, returns. Uh, he leads the pack, followed by Evan Wick, Chance Marsteller, Alex Marinelli, John J. Chavez, round up the top five. Following them, uh, Joe Smith, Isaiah White, Bryce Steyer, Mikai Lewis, and Branson Ashworth. Uh, what sticks out to you here?
1: Ma'kiah Lewis, Logan Massa, those two guys especially down, you know, out of the top eight. Dyer's an interesting guy because he wrestled and beat Marsteller last year. Marsteller is going to, you know, last year, it, he probably got hurt as bad as anybody in terms of seating by losing to Walsh from Ryder last year in the conference tournament. So, you know, he's going to be a guy – It'll be very interesting if Marcell or and I don't know, obviously, who he'd wrestle at scuffle. Is Penn State going to scuffle?
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's going to have Joseph at, you know, from Penn State. And it, I think because they don't have the duel in Italy, I would expect Oklahoma State starters at the scuffle this year too. So probably – Oklahoma
1: State does have scuffle on their schedule. They
0: so do. Maybe they,
1: it'll be a little different this year where they're not necessarily – Like, it looked last year like he could just go undefeated and not hit any of the top guys. Right. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. But if he were to get hot and win scuffle, he's got a great chance to go undefeated and deservedly so, you know, have the number one seed. Now, let's say Joseph, Vincenzo Joseph or Joseph Smith, either or both don't wrestle. Now you get into that undefeated thing versus, you know, conceptually, uh, Joseph from Penn State, Wick from Wisconsin, Marinelli from Iowa, Isaiah White from Nebraska, you know, Logan Massa from Michigan all being in the same conference, quite possibly all nicking each other for you know for a loss. So that that to me is interesting because obviously seeds and draws really do matter in in terms of let's you get to where they don't care about the backside, they only care about the best guy. Theoretically winning, you know, they wrestled eight, and all those guys score points. But that part's interesting to me. And Joe Smith coming back, I think, is interesting, right? Because he didn't wrestle a lot in this in his red shirt year. Um, we know he's good, and we're guessing that Joe's going to go here, and the Chandler's going up to seventy-four, and Jacoby's going up to eighty-four. That's what we did for ranking purposes. We did it partially as an educated guess, and partially to give Oklahoma State as we would for any team. To give them the most possible ranking points by trying to get all their All Americans into the lineup.
0: Yeah, you you, were, you mentioned that is why we have you know Joe Smith ranked here. But it, the interesting possibility, especially with multiple guys, you know, that could make multiple weights, they could still be trying to decide this at the scuffle. Um, so it's possible that Smith and Rogers both show up at the scuffle at 65, and then what a weight class that would be. Um, it'll be yeah, interesting sure. to see. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm sure they would rather have it resolved by then, but the possibility exists. And uh, You know, you mentioned all the Big Ten talent. Uh, when you have win percentage as part of the seeding formula, that's, you know, somebody like Marsteller could steal a high seed. We saw it with a lot of the Missouri guys last year. We see it seemingly every year with somebody out of the EWL, and it runs the table, goes undefeated, and gets a seed that, I'm not going to say they didn't earn it because they did, you know, everybody's under the same rules, but that everybody looks at and goes, are they really that good? You know, and then we have to wait and see because they just don't see the competition that the big 10 does, but that's, you know, it's impossible really for anybody else. Uh, Marcel has that chance this year, although we know he's pretty good anyway, he could be right in the running for, you know, a number one or number two seed because even Joseph has taken losses. And when he's going to run that gamut, in the Big Ten, one loss could do it, especially if something happens and he doesn't go to scuffle, or if Marsteller beats the scuffle, then you know that'll be determined that way. Uh, so that's a great point. This weight is a little deeper. Um, so that makes seeding a little more important, in my opinion, because you start seeing, you know, you're gonna see eight deep, at the very least, Quality competitors, so you're going to start seeing you know tough matches in the quarters, um, even if you're one of the top seeds. So getting the eighth best guy is far preferable than the six or seven um, in this case. It's that's not always a, you know if you look at some of these weights that aren't quite as deep, that might not be the case always. But I think 65 seeding is going to be important.
1: Um, I think Logan Mass is another guy that we probably should touch on for a minute. A guy who had, Really good freshman year. Got banged up at Vegas, I think, last year. Came back and just wasn't himself. I mean, just, you know, not, you know, just because of injury. Not that he did anything wrong? And he was a guy when he was healthy that was wrestling Vincenzo to one-point matches. So he's a guy, he was really tricky to rank. What we did was we ranked him, I mean, he could have been ranked as high as seventh based on the fact that he was an All-American in 17. And we I guess we kind of chose to rank him the lowest that he could be, which was 11th, which is the highest of the round of 24 guys. But he's a guy that I would anticipate, you know, being able to, like if he beat Isaiah White, it wouldn't be shocking. Now, if he beat Marinelli, it wouldn't be surprising. He's done that. And then that obviously jumps him up several spots, depending on who else does what else.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I mentioned 165 earlier, you know, coming into last season, we had a top three that seemed like, you know, no one was going to get in there um, from outside it. And Master was one of those guys. So I think, yeah, any as high as second, I mean, you can't rank him there right now, but as high you could expect him to finish as high as second. And, you know, anytime you get to the national finals and as close as his matches with Joseph have been in the past, he could win it. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, 11 is fair based on how we do the rankings but I think everyone expects him to be higher than that um, as to, assuming he's healthy that's really the thing you know you're right he came back you know he made a brave effort and at times he looked like the old Logan basta that we know that got third in 2017 but it was clear he wasn't quite back all the way. There was something still wrong with him. There was something he was battling. He just couldn't sustain that level of excellence. Um, so, you know, you, you give him credit for trying, uh, give him credit for going out there for the team, but uh, his results after the injury don't really look like what we know he is capable of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we, we talk, you and I talk about this all the time that there's a difference between rankings and predictions, and, and different sources have different criteria. Some people will look at a career or a season as a body of work, and that's not wrong. Um, I'm a guy that's been able to coach at some pretty high levels and sit in some pretty high seeding meetings. And a seeding meeting, if I was 28-0 and 0 and went 0-2 at Nationals and you were 10-10 and 10 and won it, and we go to a tournament the next year, you're the number one seed. You're the returning national champion. That is always the first criteria. So you can say we're overweighting national results, but that's what you get remembered for. That's what makes you legendary. That's why guys lose their jobs. It's those three days in March. So we I feel like we give that the weight that it deserves. So, you know, but that because of that, if somebody had a bad tournament or something else like that, It's somebody that, you know, makes makes it a little different to rank as opposed to where we think they're going to go, and that's and that's kind of why I like doing this this year where we can make our picks and say, well, look, you know, you got guys that aren't necessarily ranked where you got them picked, so that people can literally hear and see the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hit on that, and I mean, even guys that have either much better national tournaments or much worse national tournaments than their regular season are always going to be hard to rank the next year because you just don't know which one they really are. And in Mass's case, we're pretty sure which one he really is because it was mostly injury related, you know, that we know of. So, but a lot of these guys, you know, I mean, we had guys make runs to be an all American after having a losing record coming into the tournament. That happened. So What do you do with that guy? You know, it's and that's, The nice thing is they all will work it out on the mat. We'll we'll get to see a lot more data. They'll earn their seed, and we'll move on from there. So this is just a starting point. But, yeah, I think everyone expects Massa to be better than 11th. But, you know, he was around to 24 last year, so it is what it is at this point. Um, You know, he'll get his chance, and I'm I'm sure he's not worried about where he's ranked in October.
1: No, and and, and on a side note, his dad actually wrestled for my dad back in the day. So, love that family. And and then maybe that's part of it, too, is maybe subconsciously I ranked him a little bit lower just so nobody could say I was playing Homer. But (laughs) I do think he's a lot. You never know. Sometimes you do that and don't even realize it, right? Right. right. So, I mean, I guess
0: it's possible. So, I have to go first here, right? Yeah, this is is yours. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that our wild cards are going to be the same because there are two that are just. Popping off the page at me right now.
1: I I was so intrigued by one of them. I almost put him in at fourth, but then I didn't have a second wild card. <laughs> so I'll start with the wild cards: Mikhail Lewis and Logan Massa. I think those are. I'd be shocked if you had anybody different. And then I got. I'm not picking against Vincenzo. Um, I'm going to pick marsteller to make the finals, and then I've got Wick third and Joe Smith fourth.
0: Okay. Yeah, there is some difference now because we don't codify these rules and, you know, I have no idea what we're actually, you know, there's, there's no rule book for these. So I had Makai Lewis and Logan Massa as my wild cards, but I also had Massa in my top four. So I have another wild card if if we need to do that. Um, But my top four, I'm not picking against Vincenzo Joseph either. (laughs) Even after he takes a loss or two during the regular season, I'm not picking against him. I'm just going to expect him to win, you know, and be the most disrespected three-time national champion um this time you know next year so uh him i I haven't beaten alice marinelli uh, of iowa in the finals i have massa finishing third and i have joe smith fourth so we we agreed there um so my other wild card since i guess Massa is in my top four and i can't use him i wrote down whoever's wrestling for lehigh and that's not a cop out it's not because i don't know who it's you know who's in the mix it's probably going to be cole walter Uh, because Gordon Wolf's going down to 157, but there's always five guys from Lehigh at this weight that have (laughs) good wins at times. And you never know who's going to pop out, but it's probably going to be Cole Walter. He'd be my other wild card instead of Massa uh, since I need a second one. But, you know, it's, I, I think the fact that we have different people in our top four and those two guys outside the top eight that, you know, could be very, very high by the end of the year. This is going to be a fun way to watch.
1: Well, it's interesting to me that you have Marston and Wick out of the top four.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of you know, and
1: that it's not saying that I think that this tournament is a lot of one point matches. I mean, it's it's a long time ago, but Isaiah White absolutely crushed Vincenzo Joseph when they were seniors in high school at the Fargo fine. So he's a guy that
0: if he got hot, it wouldn't shock you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Wick scares me a little bit um, just because, you know, it, it's always hard. He's one of those guys, you know, he was good during the regular season. Don't get me wrong. But that run he made at Nationals was – it wasn't – because he was kind of expected to be good, it was overshadowed by what guys like Tariq Wilson and Kyle Connell did. But he had some – Destructions of good wrestlers. So it's possible that that was the light coming on moment, you know, that him shifting levels, and he's going to prove me completely wrong. Uh, but there's so many guys this weight that could do that. You know, Marsteller, I love Marsteller. He's a great wrestler, and it'd be a great story if he could be in the national finals. But there's just so many guys, there's just not room. I mean, Makai Lewis could get there. It's, it's a, yeah, he
1: was, he was the guy that I had cheated up into the top four, and I just kind of, you know, it's like well, you know, I can't pick like Joe Smith as a wild card, and I can't pick Lewis, you know, based on what we're doing. Right. So, yeah, Makai Lewis, and I'm not high on him because he won in the inner World. I I'm high on him because I coached at all these tournaments this spring and summer and watched him wrestle at, and and that guy is just like he's just that good. Yeah. It's scary.
0: Yeah. I mean, I saw him at the scuffle last year. And so I knew he was going to be good. And he just, it seems like every time he gets on the mat, he gets even better. I mean, you saw what he did at junior Worlds, and he's not really a freestyle guy. He's much better at folk style. So that's, that's a scary not, thought.
1: Kind of not a freestyle guy. He's not a freestyle guy. Right. I mean, he that he was, was just third a world fre- champion. That's it. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: He was the third, it was the third freestyle tournament. So he's, he's not a freestyle specialist by any means. And just took home the Junior World Championship. No big deal. Oh, piggy. <laughs> what I do.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that yeah. is all I think Oh, so, M65, and that was the three weights we were going to do for this week. David, you got anything else we want to talk about today? No, no. Um, I'm
1: going to be at the Combine, the Oak Park Wrestling Combine. They've got like 30 coaches. Uh, college coaches come in there. They've got clinicians like Eric Guerrero, Bryce Meredith, Victoria Anthony, Theron Wynn. Um, I think they have a couple of them. I don't want to forget anybody, but I'm going to, but I'm going to be covering that. And then uh, I might as well ask you,
0: because it's the fight of the year coming up. Who do you got, Connor or Khabib? Um, I I will admit that I'm not the UFC maven that I am of wrestling. I pay far more attention to wrestling. So, most of my MMA picks are just who I want to see get knocked out. And I, I can't stand McGregor. So come on, Khabib, put him to sleep. Let's go. All right. I
1: think the fight ends inside of two rounds. I think either Connor sleeps him or Khabib gets on top of him and makes him a nightmare. So um, that's sort of a cop-out answer, but uh, <laughs> we'll be watching all that stuff Saturday night too. So, and then, uh, He's on another network, but I want to give Frank Papalizio a shout-out. He's running one of his journeyman events this weekend, and he's been on uh, on my podcast. And I love what he's doing, and I uh,
0: just want to wish him luck on another successful event. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the first ones of the new season. He'll have some great wrestling there, high school wrestling. Check that out. Um, good luck, Frank, and we'll, we'll all be watching that this weekend. Yeah, for sure. All right, well. That was quite an episode 100. Uh, 101, not as special, but please join us for that one anyway next week. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. This is Wade in Podcast signing off.